0: In 2021, Artist Soapbox and the Soapbox Audio Collective conducted a one year writing lab for aspiring audio dramatists. Their subsequent audio series were all inspired by the same writing prompt Food for Thought. It's 2022 now, and we are excited to bring you excerpts from three of the pilot episodes in the Food for Thought project. These excerpts will give you a taste of what each fully realized series could be. Please see the show notes for links to additional information about the writing lab and each individual audio drama, as well as ways to support the development of this work. This piece, written by Ashley Ruth Bernier, is titled, And Eat It Too. Enjoy!
1: So, one thing about me that you should know from the start is that my worldview tends to be a little too sugary, let's see, for most people to handle. The things I believe in are fluffy and saccharine. They're glazed and dusted with sweet powder, and then dyed some color on the pastel spectrum. I like glitter in my nail polish and a fresh hibiscus behind my ear. I'll never turn down an extra spoon of brown sugar in my bush tea. I'm the one looking out east for a rainbow as the clouds drift off over the west end. I jump headfirst into waves and close to the top of this list, you have to understand, close to the top of this list is my fervent belief that there aren't too many problems in life that a slice of cake won't solve. I have a thing with cake. See? I'm willing to bet you can't think back too far in your own life without coming across a memory that involves cake. I know I can't. Birthday parties? Cake? Your auntie's wedding? Cake. And good cake, too. Pretty cake that they soak in rum and keep in the freezer for years on end. Just to eat a little nibble on anniversaries. St. Thomas Food Fair. (laughs) Oh, hey, look, no? Carnival time. Most people head down to the fair for the coconut and guava tarts. For the balls and the coconut sugar candies. But meat? was only there for the Vienna cake. Daddy would give me and Cyrus $10 each and turn us loose at the fair, knowing there were plenty of watchful eyes on us in the thick crowd down there in the Emancipation Gardens. Cyrus was a little old man even from then. He always spent his on a plate of roast pork or Wilkes and Rice. Me, I would just bolt straight over to the dessert tables for those Vienna cakes Fresh guava preserves between layer after layer of soft, fluffy crumbs. The scent of almond essence, the stiff, crunchy icing that melted on your tongue. Look, you best believe I spend my whole $10 on cake each year. I would sit down under the big bell in the southwest corner of the park and eat the three or four slices my money could buy, stuffing layer after sweet layer into my mouth. And as I ate, I could forget for a few moments that I didn't have a mommy to braid my hair in all the cute little styles the other girls wore for carnival time. I could forget how hard Daddy had to work in order to spare that little $20 from me and Sai. When I had my cake, I didn't have my problems Not like I didn't have cake in the bad times, too. We ate cake after Daddy's funeral. Me and Sai. A simple little pound cake from the freezer section at Plaza Extra. Because that was the kind of thing Daddy liked. We ate cake the day the hotel closed. Yeah. Picture us. Fifteen, sixteen of us strong used to spending the entire day cooking the most luxurious dishes for tourists and yacht guests and locals who just wanted to treat themselves for the day. Picture us being told that we were the latest victims of the pandemic, not because we were sick, but because our economy was. That our industry had been fighting and rallying, but couldn't hold on for us any longer. The ships and the planes, them just weren't coming. The rooms and the restaurants were empty. I baked the cake we ate that day. It was a three tier strawberry cake, vanilla buttercream icing with fresh passion fruit preserves. It was prepared for a bride and groom whose destination wedding had also been a casualty of the whole collapse. Picture it. All of us. The restaurant staff, sitting outside on the dining terrace in the lush chairs and set tables reserved for our guests, eating wedding cake off of our hotel's signature ocean blue plates. We all sat out there looking out over the beach, watching the sunlight glittering the water down by the empty cruise ship here, off in the distance. And we stuffed our mouths full of the sugary icing roses and soft pink fluff. Picture us filling ourselves up with sweetness and light. Knowing the next moment meant goodbye. Knowing the next moment meant insecurity. And not just about when we would ever be able to feed others again. No, we left the hotel that day not knowing how we without the hotel, without our jobs, would feed ourselves. That was eight months ago. Hotel still closed. Whole island still trying to figure out how to move forward. I ain't gonna lie. Things were looking kind of bleak for us for a while. And then, in the way that I believe it always has and always will, cake came to save us. Remember what I tell you earlier? Cake fixes everything. My brother's size restaurant. He's been running the place for years, from back when I was in high school and all. Maybe not exactly the kind of place you go to if you want luxury and fanciness. You won't find salad forks and napkins folded into 3D sculptures here. What you will find? A menu full of Caribbean dishes and delicacies. Comfort food to the extreme. All cooked fresh daily by Chef Cyrus himself. Oxtail, stewed chicken, fried fish, Johnny Cake... And a heaping side order of people with nothing better to do than to mind your business.
2: I'll take another piece of dumb bread for now. And what time can I expect the axe teal to be ready, I, Cyrus?
3: I swear, we just do this every Monday, Miss Foy. You know I always have lunch in the pants by 11.30.
2: You always do, darling. But you know I have to ask. I like to pen me day almost down to the minute. You could set your watch by Cyrus, Mrs. Foy. When it comes to schedules, this man don't play.
1: Ain't
3: hey, no lies there.
1: <laughs> if Si were a cake, he'd be a lemon cake with pristine and flawless whipped cream icing. Cool, crisp, zesty. And this morning, I know Mrs. Foy agrees with me too, even if she doesn't use those exact words. In her day... Back when she taught me or Psy six years before me, or even when she taught her first class of kids a good 50-odd years ago, Mrs. Foy was probably a lemon cake, too.
2: From when he was a child in my class, Jolie, always ready, always timely, always prepared. A role model for everyone who saw him. You, on the other hand... (gasps) That's not fair. Now, if he was only on schedule for fighting himself a wife, oh, settling oh. down, he's well oh, late on that
3: track. Oh, God. Ooh. Not this again, Miss Foy. You, look your dumb bread on your busty. I go see you at noon for the oxtail.
2: Oh, I, Cyrus, I, oh, uh, I thought I had a tin here in me wallet, but it looks like I might have just put a couple of ones in here instead.
3: Uh, don't worry about it.
2: I can bring it when I come back for lunch.
3: For real, don't worry about it. Please, it's on the house.
2: Oh, thank you, darling. You've made an old woman's day.
3: You
1: can't keep doing that, Sai. Giving everybody a break like that.
3: Not when you're... I don't do it for everyone. I could do it for her, though. All of all, they should understand that. You know how much you've done for us? And what about You... You need something to eat before you leave? No, I'm good. I told Alana
1: to come for me at 7.30. She should be here, like, now.
3: I don't like this, Jolie. I know it's too late for you to back out. But it's like I tell you before, I really, really don't like the idea you... Hey, uh, uh, you ready to check out, big man? That is it for you? Just the cake? Uh, just the cake for now, man, yeah. Okay, boss. One fifty. You know if she make this cake, right? For true?
1: It's been eight months, and this is how I've been sustaining myself. I bake cakes in my closet-sized kitchen, in my ancient oven, and then Sai sells my slices. I make just enough to almost pay my rent and buy groceries. Sai and the little piece of change in my unemployment checks have been helping with the rest along with my fiancé, Mikaï, if his farm makes a little extra at the market on Saturdays. It's the cake that's been keeping me afloat these past few months, keeping my head just above those waves, fighting the current trying to drag me under. But today, today, I'm starting something new, something with my best friend Alana that should bring me just enough to cover all my own bills, And maybe just a little more than that. And once again, it involves baking cake. In a way.
3: She have a gift, eh? Yeah, yeah, she have a real gift. You know, I come in here for this all the time. Saying I need to be eating clean and saving my money and all. But days like these, we all need a little sugar to get through them, right? Hey, look now, I walk down by the airport. And you know who just came in? The people them for the cake show, they say gonna be filming here. The Masterpiece Baker. Masterpiece Baker. Baker. Uh, right, yes, that's the name right there. That man just arrived, couple days past. They gonna start filming soon, show me pictures and all. Cakes big as me and designed like like paintings on a wall. Oh, yes, Jolie knows all about that. Yeah? Well, the cakes they make may be maybe pretty and all, but... I bet nothing they make could touch your cake in terms of flavor, miss.
1: That's so kind. Thank you. You could have told him I was starting my job with the masterpiece baker today.
3: I could have told him you was cleaning the damn set. I'll pass. Joe, I could always use more help here. You could bake and serve and... Look, if you have to clean, then clean. Here. For me. For us, not for some... You can barely afford to pay the staff you do have,
1: Sai. I can't take anything away from them, or anything more away from you. There's no shame in what I'm doing. Besides, it's Alana who got me this job, and like you said, I can't back out on her. Not when she's flying so high with this. I don't show up, it makes both of us look bad, and... Oh, look, see she coming now.
3: Flying high, right? Not so hard when you have piles of your family's money and influence for fuel.
1: Stop it, no man. She coming through the door all now she could hear you. Hey, Lana! Alana Hill has been my best friend since we were tiny. From when my mother was her grandfather's caretaker and nurse. And no matter what Cyrus might say out loud, he knows just as well as I do that the Hill family's money and influence did plenty for us, too. Not only did we get to go to school with Alana, but I got to run around the grounds of the hill estate and play with her bins and bins of toys. And Cyrus learned half of what he knows how to do in the kitchen from Alana's grandmother. Her cookbook, A Culinary Tour of the Virgin Isles, is still talked about to this day as the preeminent cookbook these islands have to offer. If Alana were a cake, she'd be one of those old, grand, three-tier masterpieces from the 1800s. Something made with freshly laid eggs, imported Danish butter, and sugar from the sunniest cane fields on earth. Fine ingredients? Yes. Alana
3: comes from those. Morning, Alana. You're looking nice, man. Looking real professional.
4: You think so, Sai? I was thinking the heels were a little too high, especially because Vashti Vega,
1: she's one of the judges. She's kind of tiny. So? That means she should be used to people towering over her by now.
4: Yeah, gal, but you watched the show. She's the mean one. You know how she doesn't like being upstaged, and especially not by her jeez. What's my exact title? Local Contracting
3: Liaison? What exactly does that mean?
4: I maintain relationships between the show's talent, mainly Vashti Vega, the head judge, and the higher local help.
3: So you're like a glorified personal assistant?
4: Mm, Something like that. Except my pay reflects the glorified part rather than the assistant part. The shoes look good, Alana. They're not too high at all. I don't know. I have another pair in the car. (sighs) I... Don't want to rush, especially when everything in here smells so good. But we really should get going, Jolie. I'm terrified we're going to get stuck in that traffic on Mafoli Hill heading out to the villa. She said not to show up
1: until 8, but... Then we should go. I'm supposed to meet my, you know, the supervisor of the custodial staff at 8.30. Hey,
3: I just go in and say it. This really isn't what she was made for, Alano.
1: Sigh. No, no.
4: Of course not, Cyrus. I agree. Jolie should be back at the Marriott making wedding cakes and pastries and all of those things she's good at. I know. I wish we were recovering faster
1: than we seem to be. Cyrus, this show is filming his whole season here. And, I mean, it's not eight ships in the harbor every day, but if it gets us some publicity, if it could give some of us jobs, if it could help me and Makai in the tiniest way, then I have to take advantage of that.
4: I'm just glad I was able to help. Jobs with the show are kind of tight, and they're so choosy about who they hire.
3: I hate the idea of you cleaning this sets of a show. You could easily be the star of Julie. I know you do,
1: but look around, Cyrus. It's coming down to me having my pride or having a paycheck. And you know what I have to
2: choose. Cyrus. Can you just fill up me tea one more time before I leave? I just want to... Oh! Alana
4: Hill! You're here too! Miss Boy! Yes! Yeah, I came to pick up Jolie. We're starting our new jobs with the Masterpiece Baker today. Really?
2: I had no idea. Cyrus, Jolie, you didn't say anything about that earlier. Jolie, are you, what, a uh, local consultant? Uh, teaching those people a thing or two about the way we bake cake? No, not
1: exactly, but Alana is the, um, she's the local consulting, the contra- contracting, uh, she's like the main judge's personal assistant, it's a big deal, she'll be making us all proud
2: Wow, that does seem impressive, you've been wanting something like this for years, I'm happy to see you're finally getting a second chance to shine
4: Thank you that means a lot. Oh, Mrs. Foy, and happy birthday. Oh.
3: <laughs> it's your birthday today? I didn't know that.
4: Yes. I had the radio on in the car coming over, listening in for what the community had to say about the Masterpiece Baker. and show had the birthday shout-out segment, and look, the whole show was, Happy birthday, Mr. Rada Foy. ...to my former teacher. Over and over and over again. Caller after caller. It's like nobody else was born on this day.
2: All for you. I appreciate that, Alana. It's just a regular day for me. But hearing so many of my former students... ...calling into the birthday shout-out segment... ...was a real treat. So you're not doing anything special? No. I have a book from the library to read... And I'll come back at noon for some of Si's axtail if I can get over to the bank in time.
3: Nah, none of that, Miss Foy. Everything today is on the house for you.
4: Oh, I have an even better idea. How about I give Cyrus a little something from my wallet and all of your meals for the week are my treat? Sound good? Oh,
1: <laughs> That's the kind of person Alana is. Her goal is to try to make people happy. And the best way she knows how to do this is with money. Sai and Makai, my fiancé, both think she only does this to show off. But I know she does it for the same reason that I bake cakes. She needs to see that moment of joy in someone's face when they get their first bite of that sweet surprise. Mrs. Foy always manages to look sharp, even though her shoes are worn and scuffed. She drives a car that was old back when she taught me in sixth grade, almost 16 years ago. For her, Alana's gift was more of a lifeline than a treat, the way a piece of cake would be for someone who is literally starving. And I have to say, because Cyrus never would, that Alana's money was an unexpected gift for him, too. She'd given him twice what he normally has in his register by early afternoon these days. Yes, she does it for those moments, see? For the joy. Except this time, this far into the struggle, what she got from both of them when she'd handed Cy those bills wasn't joy. It was relief. And I wonder if she even noticed the difference. I'm still thinking about that in Alana's car as she drives me out to the villa where the show is going to be filmed. I'm thinking about Cyrus looking at that cash and rejoicing about paying his light bill about Mrs. Foy thinking about not having to budget a $7 plate of food every day this week. And I'm trying not to choke up. I believe in sugary things, I'm trying to ice that moment in my mind, coat it with frosting to think of that sweetness on top instead of the hollow truth at its center.
4: You're so quiet this morning, Joe.
1: I'm not quiet. You're just being extra. (laughs) What was that word? Miss Foy used to like to use in school. Loquacious. (laughs)
4: Ha! <laughs> That's a mispoil word
1: for sure. <laughs> right? And even Self knows her birthday today, man.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't have known if I didn't turn on the radio this morning. Just to hear what they were saying about Masterpiece, I usually don't listen to AM radio. <laughs> She's looking kind of rough <laughs> these days, though. You see her shoes? This
1: whole pandemic fallout's been rough, Lana. Right, of
4: course. No one's saying it's not, but I mean... There are $5 pairs of shoes at Kmart. Last time I
1: checked. (laughs) What, when was the last time you checked? When last you shopped for shoes or anything else at Kmart?
4: Fair point. I don't go in there unless I really need to. Kind of feel like stopping there now and trading these out for some flats though. It's just that Fashi Vega is so mean, Joe. It's not just an act she puts on for the camera. Like that's her real life personality walking through the villa with her and the producers the other day, she's going to give everyone hell from the contestants right on down. But it's that attitude that keeps people watching, I guess, like Mommy was saying the other day. It's hard to build a business empire by being sweet and kind.
1: (laughs) But then there's Gerald Trombeau. He's so much nicer to all the contestants than she is. And he bakes cakes for all those millionaires out in the Hamptons. Well, they need him
4: there to balance her out a little bit.
1: Working in TV like I have, you realize that
4: even reality shows have kind of casting order, you know?
1: They're master bakers, though. And the way they decorate, man, (laughs) I'm just going to try to watch them and learn. While I'm cleaning, of course. About that.
4: We all know you should be holding a mixing bowl and an icing pipe instead of
1: a mop and some disinfectant, but... You're still thinking about what Cyrus said back at the restaurant? Don't mind me, okay? I am so glad you found me this job. It's it's not baking, no, but it will pay my rent until I can bake again. Until the hotels reopen. Sai and Mikai. they don't think that's happening anytime soon. But I have to believe it will. I have to believe in second chances.
4: Yeah, I mean, here I am. Living proof that they do exist.
1: I wasn't trying to bring any of that up Right,
4: yeah, I know I just,
1: I can't fail at this time you <laughs> use a hill It's like your grandmother used to say When she'd make you practice that damn piano every afternoon Instead of coming outside to play Barbies on the porch Success is woven into, into our, our very DNA, DNA. That's right <laughs> That was
4: Clementina Hill's line right there for real See, so you're set. Your granny don't tell you. Right. You're right. So, I told myself I wasn't going to say anything, but you bring him up, not me.
1: (laughs) Uh, You mean (sighs) Makai? Yes. I'm supposed to be going out there to the farm to see him later. After, you know, after I'm done for the day at the villa. Did you two decide on anything? I haven't talked to him since Friday, so I guess we'll find out this afternoon. Well,
4: I'm sure it will all be fine. I mean, I know he's happy you've got work,
1: even if it's with the show. Right, but you know how he feels about the show. He has this thing about us being reliant on, you know, anything that's not from us. Left to Makai, we'd all be growing our own crops, living off the land, and shooting arrows at anyone getting too close to the damn shore. I don't know. There are things I worry I might not get right, too. Alana's the one who turns the radio on, but I'm the one who turns it up. We both want to be in a good headspace for our first day of a new job. I don't want to talk about Mikai. And she doesn't want to talk about what had happened with her a couple years back on the set of a completely different TV show. So, we turn up the music. We sing our way out to the Atlantic side of the island, which has just as many fancy villas as it does spectacular views and vistas. It's not that our failures aren't there, making noise in our minds, sitting heavily in the car with us. We're just singing, Loud enough to drown them out for a while.
0: Food for Thought is an artist, soapbox, and soapbox audio collective project, co produced by Aurelia Belfield and Tamara Kassane, and sound designed by Sam Elia. These excerpts and the year long writing lab were made possible by the generous support of the Mary Duke Biddle Foundation. And Eat It 2 was written by Ashley Ruth Bernier, directed by Barbette Hunter. The production manager was Griffin James, performed by Ashley Ruth Bernier as Jolie, Kristan Andell as Cyrus, Sole Nibs as Alana, Chandra Norwood as Mrs. Foy, and Bailey Garbutt as Male Customer. If you're eager for more audio fiction pieces by Artist Soapbox, be sure to listen to the Declaration of Love Anthology, ASBX Shorts, and check out our full-length audio dramas The New Colossus and Master Builder, available everywhere you get your podcasts. For more information, see the website artistsoapbox.org. You can find Artist Soapbox on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All links are available in the show notes.